here Taste Life Nutrition Radio streaming live on KUHSDenver.com where we um, we work really hard to bring some of the really most amazing people to you who have um, some really cool things to share and cool things that they do. Um, the goal for this show, uh, as you know, but if you're new to the show, really is to bring you truth in healthcare. What does that mean? Um, truth in healthcare, truth in wellness, truth in your own health. Uh, you know, health is physical, it's spiritual, mental, emotional, financial, relational, right? It is all over the place, and we want to we want to be um, we want we want to be a bright light to show you that there's so much more out there than maybe what what you know that there is right now. You know, so often what I hear is. Not that this is a bad thing, but I just need to go make an appointment with my doctor. Great, maybe you do, but maybe there is something outside of just your outside of conventional medicine that can be really helpful for you. Um, and what I have found in doing this show is there are some really unique specialties out there. And why is that? It's because somebody has has really dialed into what. How do I want to say this? Really dialed into the, the the little small things that have really big impacts on our health. And so I'm going to leave it at that because this is kind of what Kendra does. I say so. Kendra Tootenill is uh, well. T you're a, you're a so you're from Canada. So you your specialty is a little bit different. Here we would be called a physical therapist, right? Yeah. In, in so I'm a. I'm Canadian. Right. I'm originally from Winnipeg, and I'm an athletic therapist. So athletic therapist. Kind of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got it. <laughs> so I'm going to be super transparent and tell you that I left all my notes in my office. So, <laughs> so I had all of that written out, but you know, sometimes we just wing it. Anyway, but the cool thing is, um, Kendra has really dialed into scarring. And it doesn't sound super sexy, but it actually really kind of is because <laughs> it is, um, it's that understanding that when tissue is bound up, I uh, think of, you know, cutting through and, and this is, uh, think of women, uh, you know, this is for men too, but women who have had um, any kind of uh, hysterectomy or C-section or something like that. And we have, we can have what's called adhesions, which is scar tissue, and it's internal. We see it externally, but it can be really, really big internally. And it just kind of starts to, to, to pull and hug on the rest of the tissues, which can then pull and tug on the rest of the body. This is, this is, can end up being a, literally a global uh, issue. So um, first off, before I give too much away, Kendra, thanks so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this. Kendra is now in Costa Rica. Super jealous about that. <laughs> How's yeah. it going? Are you loving it? Yeah, I am. I've been here for uh, 14 months now, mm -hmm. so I'm getting acclimatized. I think I am all settled in here. So thank you for having me on the show, Nikki. Yeah. It's been a while since we chatted, and I I'm know. super glad that we're together again. It's great. I know. It has. It's been too long. Um, you know, it seems like it was just a few days ago that we chatted, but life goes so quickly it just does and it's hard to keep up sometimes so uh, I've been looking forward to this because this is really going to be this is interesting stuff and again it's stuff that we just don't always think about and that's what I love about this 
Um, but before we get started, as always, we start the show with gratitude because gratitude can change the world. Um, yes, that's really big, but it's the truth. If you are, if you really focus on the things that you have to be grateful for and grateful about, um, then it really can put, it can set your your body physically, mentally, emotionally up for goodness and then it just radiates it literally radiates out to the rest of the world so uh kendra what are you grateful for it's a great question i love <laughs> how you're starting off with that so i would say i'm very grateful for curious people yeah i'm really grateful for people who are intrigued about their health their body how they can make an impact on their own health and well-being and you of course are one of those people so thank you for having me on your show i super appreciate it yeah. i'm really happy to talk to your community and yeah just really have those conversations with more curious people so that they can make differences in their own health and wellness and again like you just said like radiate that out as a ripple in, a, in an ocean yeah it's true you know i think that that health and wellness for a lot of people can be really overwhelming it can be hard it can be frustrating you know we can have this this um this attitude you know why does my body hate me or what's going on or why can't i figure it out and yeah. you know there are those of us who are uh, i was gonna say overly curious because it's like what we you know just what we focus on all the time is the body and you know the different effects of different things on the body and I know for myself, I'm my own best guinea pig, um, <laughs> but you know, it can be a little bit obsessive, but you know, it is, um, I think it's important to, just like you said, to be curious and to be open, even if it's not your obsession, um, to be open to looking outside of what you currently know, especially if you're not getting answers for whatever might be going on, and find the people who are there who are part of your team who can help you to build you to guide you um and again that's partly why i do the show because i want people to understand there's so much out there that can be beneficial to help people who are struggling and not finding answers and this is what i see in practice all the time is people coming to me going I, I don't know what else to do. I've tried and I've looked and I've done the doctors and I've done the others and I've done this and I don't know what else to do or what else there is. There's always more. And as frustrating as it can be, um, just making sure that you're digging and finding those answers and finding the people who can help to guide you, I think is, is one of the most important things that we can do when we're struggling. Um, so, what am I grateful for? Um, that's a really good question. Kind of like you said, I, I usually try to think about it, um, and then today I didn't. <laughs> it's just running a little bit behind. So, but it's not hard. You know, I think that's, I know what I'm grateful for. I have been working, I don't know, I think fairly diligently on really building my relationship with, with God and with Christ and really, um, really, starting to wrap my myself around what it looks like to to be at one and to be at peace with where I am and to be at peace with what's to come and be excited about it and be excited about uh, knowing what my role is in this world which is is not always easy and I didn't always know <laughs> and so coming to that has been um, 
you know, it's really kind of beautiful and kind of fun, and I'm, I'm just really grateful for that. And I've been just finally super committed to, to really taking that time to meditate and to pray. I, I, I have done it, and I've done it for a long time, but the, the true commitment has not been there. You know, I'm like, I'll do it when I can, and I don't have to do it every day, but now it's like, okay, I'm committed, I'm doing it every day. And it's good stuff and, and really just super excited about that. So, um, and that goes along with gratitude. You know, part of that is is my my gratitude, you know, every morning is part of my prayer and my meditation. And so, you know, that's why I want to make it a part of the show. And anybody who listens, you know, just, you know, it's those drips, you know, little drip of, of you know, of um, just just putting it out there and hearing it continually so maybe then others will start to focus on it as well. A lot of people focus on it, but maybe those who don't focus on it as much, like myself, start to actually, you know, really focus on it and, and, and bring it to, make it a part of your lifestyle because it's pretty amazing stuff. So. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about you. So, <laughs> I love what you do. Let's talk about, um, you, so an athletic therapist, let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about what brought you to where you are now, how you got so specific, which is really cool. You know, we're taught in business, you know, you're supposed to niche. Well, it's not always very easy. And you have a really cool niche that is super effective. Uh, not effective, it's, it's, it's when you find out that this is the problem, it can be your your fix essentially can be super effective um so let's just kind of dig into the to the history and what brought you here and what excites you yeah sure that's a massive question yeah, so <laughs> where do i start it sounds like i'll start at the beginning there yeah. and i became an athletic therapist almost a decade ago in 2013 and an athletic therapist can really go in three different directions, or you can take them all on, which is what I did at the beginning, kind of exhausted myself. But you can go into this strength and conditioning vein where you're mostly in the gym, personal training, working with team sports, or people who are really oriented in that kind of gym facility, athletes, that kind of domain. You could also work in the field. So you're working on the rugby pitch or the hockey rink or whatever. You're traveling with the team and you're kind of the woman or the man who travels with them for their rehab and their prehab and the whole, you know, all the injuries that happen, all the, you know, the, the tears and the blood and everything. <laughs> or you can take the uh, clinical approach, which is more of the kind of traditional physical therapist approach, which is you're in the clinic, you are working um through different type of programs and prevention and post-surgery and all of these things so you can have that clinical kind of lens. Uh, I started off doing all three and then I was realizing that particularly in the field setting, I worked with hockey in the summer, sorry, hockey in the winter and rugby in the summer and I was feeling like I'm not really getting to the depth of the therapeutic approach that I'm wanting to really imbibe in these people uh, they everyone who's younger and athletic wants to be good for the next game or good for playoffs there's not really this kind of long-term view unless you are really you know an athlete and looking at that kind of olympian elite level so i moved into working clinically where i quickly kind of latched into helping people in this holistic integrative kind of lens through their health and healing 
And around that time, I was living in Montreal, and it was a densely competitive place. So I started taking on all these continuing education courses, and I really dived into the nervous system, which is uh, an area that I still work very thoroughly in. And there was this little sliver of the coursework that I was taking in the nervous system work around scars and the impact that the physical scars are having uh, to the, the physical health, like you were describing, and how that can be a local problem where the scar itself is, but also that can very quickly become a global kind of systemic issue throughout the whole body. But what I ended up kind of knocking into and recognizing over time clinically working on people is that the scars have a huge energetic and emotional component because every scar has a story and that story can be kind of lodged inside of that scar tissue. So over time I started to kind of unpack this and recognize, okay, these scars are holding a huge physical impedance and restriction. It can affect their, depending on where the scar is, it can affect their, uh, their digestion. It definitely affects chronic pain mental health stuff, particularly anxiety or lots of like ruminating, lots of worrying, this type of stuff. And then also women's health. Anywhere where the scar is, uh, anywhere from like the top of the head to the pelvic floor is where it can really impact the body significantly because your organs are there, your mm -hmm. spine is there, everything is, um, that's kind of the home base for a lot of things like your spinal nerves and your digestive processes and your reproductive system, you know, it's all here. This is like hub central for the nervous system. And so when you work those physicality of the scar, when you start to impact the physical well-being of the area, all of a sudden my clients and my patients started having these kind of emotional things that were flying out. And I had many a situation where uh, I was working with a client and they were having these recollections of how impactful these scars were and how much emotional kind of holding they were having around these situations that were potentially decades and decades and decades ago, but there is still that, that hold. So I started to realize that by accessing the scar in this kind of physical grounded sense, like let's work with the body, it's right here in front of us. Everybody has some knowledge around the body. It's a perfect place to start. Once we get into the physical healing, all of this emotional energetic qualities can start to arise to the surface. And because you're rooted in your body, you understand the problem, you kind of know what's going on, you feel like there's this positive momentum in your physical health, it becomes much easier for us to work with those more subtle kind of abstract energies like emotions or like a fatigue or burnout or these things because those things are kind of hard to get at you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you can't grab them can't like you know touch your emotional problems with yeah. your finger and so this is the way that i started to, to work with it and i find it to be incredibly effective very healing super profound it gets that emotional health and well-being in a way that i have not ever encountered and so i moved to i've kind of worked and moved in multiple different countries. I've had that wonderful blessing. I've worked actually in Denver in Centennial. Uh, so I had a working visa to be in the US. I had a working visa to work and live in the UK. And here I am in Costa Rica now. I have a thriving in-person business here, working with men and women who have scars. And uh, this is a big kind of lifestyle community where people are trying to relax 
and have simplicity and connect with nature and do what they love. And so part of that, a lot of people here are on a healing journey of some sort. So I'm helping them get back to surfing or, you know, healing their chronic digestive issues or whatever it is, just having a healthy, happy home here in Costa Rica. Uh, And so that's what I've been doing for like the past decade or so in a quick little nutshell. I love it. So a question for you, when you're talking about, um, you know, the physical scars and how you deal with it, are you talking, is it a manual manipulation? Say somebody has a C-section, a woman has a C-section scar, which are big, right? And so you can have lots of adhesions going on in there. Do you, are you manually manipulating the scar tissue? Yes, I'm doing manual hands-on therapy. Mm -hmm. There's a progression that I take people through. I was doing it with my own hands uh, before the pandemic. And then the kind of silver lining for me during the pandemic is as I recognized that I can teach people how to do this on on themselves, which was actually way more empowering and almost more effective than me doing it because they're building a relationship Mm -hmm. with with themselves by touching an area that is almost always neglected and People don't really like touching their scars because it brings up stuff Mm -hmm. uh, very commonly. So yeah, it's hands-on manual work. There's also uh, moving the scar from the inside out, as I like to call it. So it's breath, it's breath work. And then it's also, I have a style of movement where it helps to move the scar in this kind of pulsating, uh, compression, closing in, shortening, and then lengthening, expanding, opening. So it's a lot of really precise biomechanical movement Mm -hmm. to help really unglue and untether the scar tissue from whatever it is that it's stuck onto. Because scars from the incision or the accident or the wound, they follow the same process. And depending on where that scarring is, it can affect certain organs and certain structures with different varying layers of difficulty and complexity that we need to kind of work through. So it's three things mainly. hands-on, breath work, and movement as far as the scar work is concerned. So I I feel like I I want to um, kind of put this in a picture for a second, only because I I know the only reason I know what an adhesion looks like is because I worked in the OR for a bit. But, you know, and so probably a lot of people don't really understand when we're talking about, and I might be wrong about this, but I just feel the need for my own sake, you know, because I feel like had I not worked in the OR, I wouldn't have known what it, I wouldn't have really had a concept of what it means to have adhesions and what they do and what they can do. And so when, you know, you're sewn up essentially, right, there's blood in there and that blood is what creates, and correct me if I say any of this incorrectly, but that blood creates uh, scar tissue or adhesions because any of that blood and anywhere it goes, it's touching, right? It's, that's what is create, it's what essentially creates the the tissue. It creates it, it all starts to stick together. So it can move into, it can stick to to bowels and to ovaries and to, um, to fascia and all of this stuff around. And I'm saying it's, it's easier, I think, for me to, and it's, when I was in the OR, it was all, you know, OBGYN stuff, so it's just sort of easy for me to sort of talk about it because it's all in the gut. But, you know, it can get to a point to where, you know, if it's attaching to anything in there, um, especially if it's, I think of it as fingers, kind of, you know, it can go and have these fingers. Um, as you move, it's, it's almost holding you back. 
and it, it does that it, it can be really um, inelastic I think so is part of it because you you I'm assuming you can't make the adhesions unadhese <laughs> is that a word <laughs> it is now <laughs> this is the word of the day unadhese um, you, you can't make them uh, unstick right you can't make them you know come apart from the tissue but you can make it more flexible and maybe is it can you bring more I don't know how, is that what is kind of the the manipulation does yeah so we can get there's kind of a multiple there's layers there's lots of answers to your question um, so the first thing is is that you can make it uh, what was the word you used? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can do that with your scar tissue. Um, so if I can just describe how I like to describe scar tissue to people so that they can really grab, like you said, this picture in their mind. There's a, and there's something, there's a few kind of principles along the way that I've helped people understand that helps them understand, understand and visualize their own body and, and what's going on. Because that is a huge piece for me. Education is huge. When people understand the problem, they are more likely to do the exercises that you give them. They're actually more likely to heal faster and actually prevent injury in the future. So I'm just super geeky. So if we can yeah. go down a geeky road here for please, a second, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so how I like to describe scar tissue is like a, a webbing, like Spider-Man's web, just like you were describing. And the important thing about this, this webbing is as the, the body is healing, as it's mending. So if we take an abdominal scar, whether it's um, an appendix scar or a hysterectomy or whatever it is, C-section, all the kind of common ones, what we want to think about is as that mending process is happening, it's not just mending superficially where we see the scar. I often tell people the scar you see is just the iceberg mm -hmm. kind of thing that everyone's seen that little mm -hmm. meme or pectoralgram. Uh, it's, it's really just the, the beginnings of it. There's a lot of scar tissue underneath and that webbing is actually moving down and through the body to create stability for the whole area because wherever you cut into those muscles and their associated neighbors, as I call them, they're not gonna be able to function at 100% anymore. The nervous system has just got unplugged a little bit. So instead of having a nice plug like wiring, like I just turn on my light bulb with a nice you know, outlet, it's all kind of junky and gobbly goop and kind of messy. So we wanna really recreate that wiring over time to have a nice simple circuit. But when you have an incision that breaks that nice clean circuitry to the area local, the muscle underneath the scarring, but also all the neighbors. So that creates in the nervous system this sense of um, not having that stability, not having that integrity in the body, not feeling like you can act uh, in a particular way and have the muscles be adaptable and resilient. So the scar tissue is going like this into the body and creating all of this webbing to create what I used to call, and still call, false stability. So you feel stable, but actually you have, like you were just saying, this kind of fibrotic, inert tissue that doesn't get the nourishment that your muscle would, or your ligament, or your organs would. It's not plugged into your nervous system, uh, or your circulatory system, or any of your fluid system so easily anymore, because there's something there that wasn't there before. 
So while that mending process is going, it's looking for something very specific, the scar tissue, this webbing. It's looking for something stable and solid that it can really ground into so that it feels secure. In the case of the abdominal scarring, it wants to be secure for all sorts of things. When we fill our stomach with food and water, when we breathe, when we are having a bowel movement, when we're having intercourse, when we're menstruating, when we're you know having a baby, it has to be fluctuating you know, for movement. If we're gonna do a heavy deadlift or heavy squat, there's this intra-abdominal pressure. There's this whole thing that the abdomen needs to be good to go for. And so it's looking for, the scar tissue is looking for bone because that is by far the most stabilizing, grounding thing in the area not going to go anywhere. It's not going to change shape. It's solid. And so the problem with that in the abdomen is depending on where the scarring is, it will start to kind of uh, attach itself, stabilize onto the pelvis, particularly the pubic bone. It can even go all the way through into your lumbar spine. If it's a little bit higher, it can start to dance up into the rib cage and kind of latch onto your, your diaphragm and stuff like this. And if you're prone to things like constipation, meaning like your bowels are more full than not, it can start to entangle itself into organs. If you are, I used to say this all the time to teachers because teachers often told me they had no time to go to the bathroom because they're always having to watch oh their kids. Yeah. So, but now everybody's on Zoom all day. So it applies to kind of every modern person. The bladder becomes more of a full organ than a hollow organ. Mm -hmm. And so the scar tissue can start to latch onto that because it's like, well, this is mm -hmm. kind of stable. I'm going to go for that thing. Yeah. And so it creates all of this spiraling effect. And when, as you know, and all your listeners, I'm sure know when one organ is affected in the digestive tract, it just starts to muck up the mm -hmm. whole kind of integrated, the integrity of the whole system. Yeah. So when you have this false stability created by this kind of inert dead tissue, as they would call it in the science books, uh, the nervous system is not functioning as, as efficiently. And so it, it's not going to let go of that tissue if you're just pushing on it through manual therapy, because it's really relying all on, on that. And so when I tell people to, when they start to work on their scars, I say, do not ever touch your scar for more than two or three minutes a day. Mm. Don't hang out on a Sunday afternoon on your couch and go to town on your scar because your body's actually using that in a, in a false stability kind of way. It's, a, it's the only way it can right now. What it needs to do is learn how to find those muscles again, actually let go of those adhesive bits, which people will almost often comment on them as like popping guitar strings or feeling like something just fell back into place huh. or feeling like they can breathe better or they can actually have you know, nice movements, uh, nice regular bowel movements, all these things that they can start to feel in their body. Um, but it won't do that if you're just poking and prodding. Mm -hmm. So there is this whole process and this program that helps the person build a relationship with the area again. The nervous system will come back online. All that plugging circuitry gets its proper outlet and the proper plug and then that helps the the body to really heal in a very profound way when the nervous system is calm and relaxed and, and stable and feeling you know out of that fight or flight that we talk about so much then that's when all of the emotional energetic stuff can start to bubble but if we go at it in a forceful kind of 
way, which we love doing in the modern world, yep, it doesn't yep. really go so well. Yep. It's a respectful, mm-hmm. honoring, kind of gentle process. And if you do it right, it can, like, I get goosebumps just thinking yeah. about my clients. <laughs> it can bring profound healing that's um, very grounded and like science-based mm-hmm. and, and logical and rational. And there is a method to the, to the madness around how to actually break through that scar tissue and how to do it safely and effectively so um that's a little bit of the geeky side of me (laughs) yeah no i love it i would love to hear because just when you just said it gives me goosebumps thinking about my clients i want to hear a good story um and and so to just kind of you know put legs on it a little bit so people understand you know what that looks like yeah oh man there's so many um very commonly, I'll say one that's very, I can say one for women, and maybe we can give just a general one for both men and women, so that we can get both examples really clearly, but uh, C-sections hold a lot of emotional energy in them, uh, especially so if they were an emergency C-section, like a woman, if a woman had a planned pregnancy that she had wanted it to be this way, and then it didn't go that way. Um, there can be a lot of stuff in there. And I always say if something's not working, like if you're going at the body in a way that's a bit aggressive, there's something that needs to soften. Like you just slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. You should change something and be a little softer and kinder so that you can get the results that you're looking for. So I have so many examples. I can think of one in particular where we were working with her digestive issues and anxiety. It's really hard for the energy to settle in the body and come down into the body when you have a scar right in that middle part. You can't really get grounded in your feet if you feel like you're kind of broken up into two pieces. So that that anxiety lives here and creates this tornado that never gets to really settle. So this woman is dealing with anxiety, digestive issues, exactly like you were describing at the beginning of your of the talk uh, lots of problems and not a lot of solutions or trying stuff but not really having the results this woman also had uh, low back pain chronic low back pain where another very common thing it people will say it comes and goes or it comes and then all of a sudden it will be gone or i don't, I don't feel any pain and then i reach for something I reach for my bag and then boom there it is but really <laughs> The reality is, is that back pain has always been there. Just sometimes it was noisy and sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And so what I help people understand is all of that, that the scar, the C-section scar, is in a perfect, usually a perfect line, I call it a, a vector, through the body right where that low back pain is. So I help them understand that that, that scar creates the instability where they don't actually have an integrity of, having a core that they can rely on and that is very adaptable and can move through all the different ranges, whether it is just picking up your purse or your kid or, you know, banging out a really awesome back squat, like whatever your thing is, there's not that integrity there. So uh, through this process of working with the scar, manual work, breath work, really specific movement to get the scar to unstick, hands-on therapy to really let all those little, as people describe it, guitar strings starting to like ping off. There was this huge emotional bubble that came out around having the emergency C-section that 
as commonly described, people say, oh, I thought I dealt with that. And oftentimes people do. I really do believe that people do the work and they, they get at what they can get at. But when you touch the star, it like literally releases that pocket of stored energy in there that will come out. And so she felt really resentful towards her partner who she thought that, that, that her partner didn't have her back in that kind of chaotic moment of the baby needs to get out. How do we do this safely? And so she was holding this resentment in a way that was translating into how she was interacting with her partner and how she was feeling about her partner and how that they were having uh, a struggle kind of coming back together mm-hmm. after that the pregnancy and the, the postpartum, that whole process. So this woman had a 10-year-old, I think it was a 10-year-old son. So it's 10 years of holding on to that. Yeah. And when you have back pain, holding on to emotional tension, you got anxiety, you have digestion issues for that period of time. And that's a lot of energy. It's like a very depleting to hold on to all of that, particularly to hold on to the resentment. I tell people it's like squeezing your fist and just keeping it squeezed day and night while you're sleeping and dreaming and doing your thing, like holding on to that emotional charge is fatiguing. And so she was going into burnout land and all this stuff. So the walk, the walk out of that was really profound and when she kind of clicked into that oh my goodness I'm holding this profound resentment it doesn't need to be complicated it was a conversation it was like an opening of the heart it was getting through all the you know the stability pieces of building her spine back into that that healthy way of being teaching her about how and like what anxiety is and how we can work with it and how we can ground it into the body instead of it living up here yeah continually kind of going and um, and because you're working on the star locally the digestion everything just becomes smoother mm-hmm. there's more um, resiliency to the to the digestive tract so normal bowel movements all of this was starting to clear up through that process of using the scar as an access point to kind of get at all of these high priority uh, problems that she was experiencing so that's uh, a simple female-friendly example, but I have some really cool appendix examples, really cool um, examples that apply to men and women as well. If you wanted to, I got so many. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that, <laughs> I think that's that smart. I I know that you know the show is a lot about um, a lot about women, and and but I want to I want to speak to both, and I think it's important to speak to both. You know, I think. It's a lot about women because I am a woman, and it's just kind of the way that it goes sometimes. But um, you know, in in the in my practice, I see mostly women, but I also see men. So I think it's important to understand that men can also have physical scarring that can lead to other physical issues as well as mental and emotional. So yes, please, I think that it's important. Cool. I'll touch on something I found really two things actually I found really early in my kind of scar exploration back in maybe 2014-2015 and the first one was a, a he was a, a guy who came into my office he was a construction worker and he had fallen from the roof onto a piece of rebar and like oh. impaled himself right through and this was my first thing that I found so intriguing and it's it neurologically it's a thing that happens in the brain it happens to all people I've noticed wherever you have a scar on your body you have lost awareness of that area you don't want to touch it you don't really know where it is you don't really um, feel the the mind-body connection to it and so this man I was 
hearing his story, I'm a, this, like, this is a big deal. You impaled yourself with a very hard object. And when I asked him to show me where it was, he was lifting up his shirt kind of in confusion, being like, well, where is it? And I remember wow. looking at him and being like, that is so weird. Like, how could you not know where that is? You know, it's like, for me, in my mind, I would have think like, you know, show me your eyeball. I'm going to my eyeball in a moment, right? If you got that major trauma to your body, you, you would know. But people generally don't. Uh, you can ask women who have C-section scars or around that kind of waistband area. They don't like to touch it. They don't want to feel it. They don't like looking at themselves in the mirror anymore. So we actually black out this part in our in our brain and in our awareness. It's very common to have this kind of void feeling around the area, this completely detached and disconnected place um, that needs to be rebuilt. You need to really reclaim. I say you got to inhabit every little nook and cranny of your body again to feel really full and rich and vital. So that was a an interesting thing that I grabbed onto early, and I tested it out and and ask people again and again, you know, like, where is your scar? How do you feel about your scar? And, like, if you close your eyes, can you visualize that part in your body? And very commonly, people will say, it's just black, huh. or I don't feel it, or it's numb, or, you know, whatever language that they're using. Mm. And I find this to be very fascinating. So it's a part of the neurology piece that needs to come with mindfulness and awareness as well, like syncing those things up, the body-mind together. Mm-hmm. And then, Another thing I found fascinating around appendix scars were if you are a man or a woman who is maybe like 45 years or older and you had your appendix removed when you were a little kid, meaning you had to stay in the hospital alone, which is really common back then. So you had an appendix burst, you had to stay in the hospital, your parents weren't there to visit you at night. And so this left a, a deep imprint in the child that the adult was still experiencing. So when you have an appendix scar that is old, old, old like that, and you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, plus, these people are holding this kind of quality that, that colors their life around abandonment. Huh. And so when, when I started to pick up on that, I was working with, with a person who had this really a big appendix scar. I've worked with people who've had tiny little, you know, just the ins- the keyhole incision appendix scar, and this still plays out as truth, that when you touch it and when you work with it, this whole well of uh, abandonment experiences or traumatic events in their life are start to come to the forefront. And when you can trace it back to that common origin or that source point of that feeling of being abandoned when you're in the hospital alone, you're little, you don't really know what's going on, you're in pain, uh, it really kind of eats away at the emotional body and can, like I said, like color the person's whole perspective on life. So when I started to clue into these emotional pieces as well with scars, like it doesn't have to be so intense like that. It could be I had an ACL repair and it was a career ending repair and it just wrecked me. Now I can't be who I am or who I've always been. I can't be that athlete. So there's always this emotional component that's revving underneath that that people are interested in, like mental health finally is, you know, becoming important. Yeah. But it's it's hard to access. Mm-hmm. So the way that I find that this access point is is very uh, palatable to people, very easy for people to access. And once they get it, once people understand the value of scars, it's 
it's super easy to understand and it becomes very workable. My, my whole saying is everything is workable, but can't really work with anything if it's in the dark and you're not yeah. aware yeah. and it's just not part of your, your spectrum. And once you turn the light on, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that's the, that's the magical kind of healing place that you want to be in. So you are, um, you're working with people virtually as well as in person. Are you doing, are you teaching this, not just to your clients, but to other practitioners? I have had many people ask me about, you know, sh I've had people shadowing me in clinics mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. I've had people approach me here and be like, can you show me what you do? Um, I don't teach other practitioners. I have held, I just finished it actually at the end of August. I did a, a whole year long online kind of group program for women who had scars mm -hmm. and it went really well. It was the first time I'd ever done it. I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> and the kind of positive, uh, benefits that came out of that once a week for a year was incredibly inspiring like the work that these women do, did was, was amazing so right now i just usually work with clients i work with curious men and women mm -hmm. who want to make a difference in their health and feel like they want to have this active approach that is taking responsibility for their health going in deep no matter how kind of yucky and scary it is mm -hmm. that's just part of the part of the process and i help them through that and the, if they can stick with it, if they can hang with it, then the, the results are, are incredible. And I used to call these people my, the special ones because I feel like they're kind of the dying, it's a dying species, the ones who want to really go all in. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, luckily I find these people um, who really want to go deep and who want to you know, get in there and understand and feel better and feel like they accomplished that and they feel empowered by the process. But yeah, these are the special ones now, I think, yeah. in the modern world. And I'm so happy that I've been finding them along the way. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So doing, so my, I guess a question, because when you said you did a year long program, which is amazing, um, my assumption, and I shouldn't always assume, but my assumption is, doing this work as a as a as one of your clients or patients um doing this work is probably at least in the beginning daily work is it i mean i can you do it i mean i assume you have to do it daily in order to make good change or or close to daily to make good change is that correct yeah i mean eventually it becomes a your life it's not necessarily like yeah. I got to work the scar every day for the rest of my life. But what we're, what I'm trying to kind of uh, invite in people is that you want to have a healthy lifestyle. And my kind of philosophy or my methods, they're, they're very simple in a way. They're very profound and very simple and they can be taken through your whole life. So if you take up a thing in January that's coming up and you have this healthy lifestyle thing that you take on, but then come eight weeks, it's gone. Yeah. It, it's not, it's just, it's not a habit yet. Mm -hmm. It's not part of who you are. Right. You don't see the benefit, you don't feel it. So when you start to actually feel the positive momentum of like, mm -hmm. holy crap, I'm in charge of my like well being, and this is working, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And the same kind of thought process can be applied not just to the scar, it can be applied to movement, it can be applied to the way you think, the way that you eat, 
So the, the group program, for example, we had four keystones that we were kind of like dancing around. Yeah. So yeah, we were doing scar work, but we were really talking about life and how mm -hmm. to really be the best that you can be. So it is something that just becomes who you are, yeah. like second nature. And so mm -hmm. one of the phases is yes, like spending dedicated time with that scar, mm -hmm. but there's things that, that can evolve and grow out of that process. That's it, well. That's the way it should be, you know. It, when when we're looking at health and healing and um, optimizing and being the best that we can be, it 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 does need to be a lifestyle, you know. Um, mm -hmm. There, I get the question a lot, you know, what happens when I stop working with you? I'm like, well, you don't have to stop working with me, but you know, <laughs> the intent of of going for the amount of time that we go is so it does create that that motivation, that lifestyle change, that habit change, that understanding of this is where my body is now and I don't want to go back to where it was before. Um, and yeah. so um, I love that. I love that you're doing a full year. Are you going to do another one? That's a good question. I would love to if the people were around, but I haven't had any, um, I haven't started thinking about it. I hadn't really had it in my plans, but if, yeah, if it becomes a thing where people want it, I would love to do it. It was a really beautiful process to go through with, with the women. Cool, cool. Well, I'd love to hear more about it, just offline at some point. I think that that would be interesting. I mean, we have women and men with, you know, but I know women, it can be, you know, be a lot there. Um, I, I keep touching my belly, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think that uh, you know, getting that information out and people who have those kinds of scars, which are all over the place. When I was doing my little promo video for, thank you, um, doing my little promo video for this show, I had friends who you know I, I tagged who had they popped into my head. I was like, this is the stuff that you know, people need to hear. This stuff because mm -hmm. it's it, it we don't understand that that's what's what could be happening and would yeah. at least in part right yeah um, there can be lots mm -hmm. of lots of factors going into um, dysfunction but oh there's lol good morning lol <laughs> <Hello. laughs> so um we are running low on low Lol, running lol on time. We're <laughs> running low on time, but I want people to know how to reach out to you, how to find you. Um, you know, if you're in Costa Rica, this is the place to go. But otherwise, um, online, um, I'm thinking. You know, here in a couple of months, I just might be coming to Costa Rica, so I'll reach out. <laughs> but let's yeah, please do. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. Let everybody know uh, so how to find you. Yeah, if you want to come to Costa Rica, please do. I would love that. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be awesome. Everything is beautiful here, and the lifestyle is very relaxed. And so that was something when I got here, I really wanted to start, you know, that commitment thing that you're talking about, really committing to walking your talk, so to speak. So I have almost completely come off social media. I still do a little this and a little that, but I made a point of being like, I'm here in this beautiful jungle. I'd be crazy not to want to get to the ocean, get to hike, just relax, mm -hmm. not have to do so much stuff online. So you can find me on Instagram, just Kendra.Tuhill, and you're welcome to send me a message there. You can do that on Facebook. I think at this moment, I'm the only Kendra Tuhill around on social media. So you can 
find me in all of those areas, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. But really, I offer free 30-minute consults. If this stuff is, is resonating with you and you're curious, you don't really know how these puzzle pieces kind of work and if the scar really is impacting your health, I used to call myself, and I say all the time here in Costa Rica, like I, I'm a body worker, but really I'm a detective. Yeah. I help people get all of this. I was looking at your Facebook, and I know that you yeah. use the detective word as well. Yeah. So I am a detective, and that 30-minute consult helps to really you know, clarify mm -hmm. things and help make things make sense. So that free 30-minute consult you can find on my website. Uh, my website is bodyhealthhealing.com. And so you can visit that site, check out uh, how I work and, and what I do, and you're welcome to book in for a, a free 30-minute consult. I would love that just to meet your community and yeah. chat and see if the scar work can be beneficial for them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, of course, everybody can find me at Taste Life Nutrition. This is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. You can find me on the website, Taste Life Nutrition. Any of the social media, social media is Taste Life Nutrition. Uh, of course, I have a free assessment on the website as well, where I reach out to you and we can chat a little bit about your health. Um, I am very blessed to have lots and lots of resources. So if I can be of, of benefit, then I wanna be. Um, if I, we need to find somebody who is better suited for you, somebody like Kendra, then that's what we're gonna do as well because it's, it's important for, for, for you and for everybody around to, to feel good. That's what we need to do. We got a lot of things to do in this life and uh, feeling good is, is kind of key to getting it done. So um, I will say really quickly that my, my next adventure is Soulful Conception, which has been um, a lot of fun working toward getting that out there. I've got a workshop workshop coming up on next Wednesday. You can go to my Facebook page to check that out. Uh, but Soulful Conception is about preconception planning and care um, and just building the best and healthiest body, pregnancy, baby, and generations to come because your decisions today, my decisions today can affect the many, many generations ahead, and literally seven generations when I say that. So. Um, it's, uh, it's an exciting next chapter for me. I'm uh, still doing all the other fun stuff, but super excited about Soulful Conception, so reach out if you have questions. Um, Kendra, we'll have you on again. That was really, really helpful. Um, I, I know that there are so many people who, um, who you can bless and who you can help, so thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Nikki. It's been really amazing and uh, a great time to just chat and, and yeah. share with you. Yeah, very good. All right. Thanks, Kendra. Thanks, everybody. See you, lol. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>